Hey guys, it's Ed. I'm coming to you live from Windy and Chilly, New York City. So the best drink for a day like today is hot chocolate with whipped cream vodka. I don't know what you want to call that, but that's what I'm drinking. Um, I, I'm already two in, so just so you know, this might get a little crazy today. Um, so as I as I do um often. I went and picked up um, the the week's magazines yesterday, and there was something that I really found in, intriguing, interesting, in the new people. They have a whole cover story about Channing Tatum and Jenna Ahduin's divorce. Now, I if you don't know about the magazines, most of the time... They have to be put to bed um, relatively quickly. Um, usually, if if it's coming out on Thursday or Friday, they have it put to bed um, by at least um, Monday. Tuesday is really pushing it, but for this for this whole story to have already been. How and in the mag in People magazine, first of all, is amazing. I but something tells me that this, um, the breakup announcement was to coincide with um this article because there's just no way that they could have got the story written, got the pictures ready. Uh, laid it out in the format with with literally zero time. Um, you know, obviously these are very hardworking professionals who I have a great deal of respect for. But let's be real about human um, uh, human nature. Like this is not something that can be done. Just on a whim. And it adds just so many layers to the stories that um, the breakup had happened a long time ago. Um, that it probably happened because of um, Channing, Channing's cheating. I was saying that three times fast. Um, and, you know, Jenna is out there saying, oh, no, he didn't cheat. You know, our breakup had nothing to do with that. The romance went out of our marriage. The romance went out of your marriage because he was giving it to everybody else. Let's be real here. I'm a fan of Channing Tatum just as much as everyone else. You know, I watch Magic Mike. I have the gifts of his, of him walking bare ass naked to the bathroom. Like most people. Um, but the man was cheating. There, are, There is photographic evidence of this. Let's call a spade a spade here. Like, I think I would have more respect for her if she said, yeah, you know, the cheating just got out of hand. I couldn't handle it anymore. It wasn't a good environment for our daughter. And I decided to leave. You know, just because someone's cheating also doesn't make them a bad person. It makes them a bad partner. But it doesn't necessarily make them a horrible person. 
you can still want to be friends with somebody even if they cheated on you. And I think all all Janet is doing here is providing spin and making herself look really bad. You know, just once I want one of these celebrity couples to come out and say, yeah, it was hard, we were apart, you know, we have needs, he cheated, I cheated, but we really do remain the best of friends. Because I promise you, when when someone goes out of their way to act like nothing's wrong and everything's perfect and, you know, best friends be, that divorce is going to get nasty. Look at Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt. Their divorce... Um, it, it was surprising. But they never said they were best of friends. They said that we were trying to co-parent our kids together. Rumors of him cheating, rumors of her being a neglectful wife started coming out. And neither of them fought back on, on the charges. Um, people have come to Anna's defense and said, oh no, she's not a neglectful mother. But they've not said one bad word about one another. And I can guarantee you that's because they did not say they were best of friends. Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt are another example. You know, when they announced their, their separation, they talked about how they were not they were trying to keep it amicable and that they were friends who just kind of, you know, whatever. And then Angelina went scorched earth trying to destroy Brad Pitt. And Brad just hit back with, look at you. I'll be right back with some more gossip, but I want to say uh, the Jenna Tatum, the Jenna and Channing Tatum divorce is really going to get good in a minute. I'll be right back. I'm back. And I really hope you guys try this hot chocolate and vodka, whipped cream vodka concoction because it is so, so good. <laughs> Let's get on right into the next story. Um, and it's kind of keeping with the media theme of the day. Um, this time, it this is kind of past, and it was just something that intrigued me, but that I wanted to talk about. Um, and it could eventually become a book. I don't know if it'll be a companion, part of the companion series of books, or just something I write just for the fun of it. Um... But, I was procrastinating from work, as I often do, and was on Facebook. And Facebook now has this thing where they'll tell you about the site. Um, Whether, you know, whether it's um, left-leaning, right-leaning, or whatever. And so there was an article, I don't even remember, I think it was about um, Trump doing something or another. Um, But it was the first time I'd really noticed that they were doing this, so I looked at it, and it was about... um, It was from Huffington Post. So I clicked on it and said, you know, left-leaning website, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Co-founded by Andrew Breitbart. It took me a second to make sure that I wasn't going crazy. And that my ADHD hadn't made me accidentally skip into another article. And so I started doing some research. And the founding of the Huffington Post is very fascinating. 
Um, uh, but there's two key components that interested, interested me the most. First, Andrew Breitbart um, was um, good friends with, I think his name is Matt Drudge. The first name might be wrong, but it was, it's definitely Drudge of the Drudge Report. Um, they worked together. Um, Ariana Huffington actually worked with Drudge as well. And Andrew Breitbart and Ariana Huffington had a romance before um, she left the conservative um, part of herself. I, I don't know how to exactly word that. Um, and became ultra-liberal. So, I would, like, as I got more into it, um, even after their breakup and whatnot, and after George was kind of done with the, uh, with, Huff- with the Huffington Post, they remained good friends. Um, George kept writing for the Huffington Post, even though he went back to um, Drudge. And Andrew Breitbart really, the whole reason why Breitbart.com ended up existing is because he had proposed um, that Drudge do a website like that. And Drudge was like, no, that's not what my base, you know, that's not what I do. This is what I do. So Breitbart said, okay. And he he kind of took that idea and ran with it and created Breitbart. And it's, I mean, of, of course there were other founders um, other than um, Breitbart and Ariana Huffington. But it was really one of those things where it blew my mind that... Um, uh, the man who created quite possibly the most influential media outlet of the 2016 election also created what was arguably the most um, the, the most anti-George W. Bush media outlet. But more than that, probably helped influence the 2008 election. The only... The only other media figure who I would argue had more influence on the 2008 and probably the 2012 election was Oprah herself. Um, But you have, you know, these two media giants, which both have have seen better days in terms of page views and popularity. But, you know, and they were both co-founded at least in part by the same man, and it was just really intriguing to me. Um, he wanted it. He wanted the Huffington Post to be more bipartisan, and clearly Breitbart is so far right. I think it might even wrap around a couple of times. Um, but I'm gonna do some more research on that. Tell me what you guys think, um, or if you know anything about the founding. Shoot me an email. Um, like I said, I'm going to write that book just for fun. My email is ed at author com. I will be right back after I make another drink. Okay, guys, I'm back. Let's talk Netflix. They are scooping up all of the top show creators. Um, Ryan Murphy, of course, has his um, mega $300 million deal to do TV shows movies, documentaries, specials, basically whatever the hell he wants to do. Um, Shonda Rhimes has her... um, has her mega deal with them worth $100 million 
Um, I don't know if there's any limitations on that or if she'll be doing the same thing as Ryan Murphy. Um, I don't remember those details off the top of my head. And right now my head is swimming because of the um, hot chocolate and whipped cream vodka. Which I might have put a little bit too much vodka on the new one. Um, I, and I'm, just so you guys know, I bought a mug from the Strand Bookstore here in New York City. And it says, Britney survived 2007, you can handle today. Um, there's no real reason for me to tell you that, other than the mug exists, and I love it. Um, back to Netflix. Now, apparently, they're going after ABC Studios' top comedy producer, Kenya Barish. Now, at the beginning of this TV season, had you told me that they were trying to, that someone was trying to lure... Kenya Barish away from ABC Studios, I would have laughed in your face. Um, if you don't know who Kenya Barish is, he created Blackish, um, which is a huge hit for ABC. Um, he created Grownish, which set Freeform, which used to be ABC Family, um, rating records. Um, he has he has like three or four different shows in development at various stages. Um, he almost lured Alec Baldwin back to um, his sitcom roots. So I mean, this man is is very talented. First of all, I just need to say that he is very, very, very talented. Um, he he also wrote um, Girl Trip. Uh, which um, Tiffany Haddish starred in, and that was her breakout role. Um, but anyways, he had signed a big pact with ABC Studios la- um, last year, I believe, maybe 2016. Um, and it was supposed to take him through 2020 with the studio. Um, it's, it was also widely believed to be under the assumption that unless there was a huge ratings crash for Blackish that the show would stay on the air um, during this pact. Now, um, there's been a lot of fighting with ABC over the direction of Blackish, especially one episode where um, lead actor Anthony Anderson, uh, um, lead actor Anthony Anderson's character, Dre, was supposed to t- um, talk about footballers taking a kneel um, during the national anthem. And um, for some reason, ABC got really skittish about this. I, and there's really no explanation for it. Um, this is a show that tackled the N-word um, and did so beautifully. They've tackled a lot of hot-button um, topics. And ABC's never stepped in and said, no, you can't do that. No, we, I don't like the direction. Um, and then there, uh, Alec Baldwin stepped out of the, uh, stepped out of the role of the sitcom that he, that, um, he was working on with Kenya Barish, and it went from straight to series to, um, pilot stage. Now, um, pilot stage is kind of an insult to someone. It's kind of like, okay, I mean, it's still good. You know, for the up-and-coming writers, if you get a pilot, congratulations. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But for someone who has 
two hit series on um within the same corporate family it's kind of like saying hmm, maybe we'll we'll check out what you have but don't get your hopes up um so there's been a lot of back and forth well netflix knows this and netflix is like hey come over here come with us we'll give you a deal you can do whatever the hell you want to do and if we're looking at history, ABC Studios will let him out of the out of the contract. He'll probably have to pay a fine, which will um the the way I'm looking at it is Netflix will probably end up paying that fine for him. Um but if they're having this much trouble um and there's just, just so much ill will it it's almost guaranteed that They'll let him out, and he can go over to Netflix. Um, I'm going to keep on top of this story just because I'm thinking that once once he's out of the deal, Barish will start talking about what really went down. Um, and the fate of Blackish will probably hang in the balance, unless Netflix brings that over to um, their platform. I will be right back. Okay, guys, I'm back. Let's talk some Kathy Lee Gifford and Hoda Kadob. I'm I'm positive I'm not saying Hoda's last name right. Um so first of all, there are rumors that ever since Hoda got Matt Lauer's job, there's some bad feelings between um her and Kathy Lee. Because Kathy Lee feels like Hoda is abandoning her. Um, for the much flashier and star-powered job. There's nothing, um, there's really nothing to, um, prove this at this point, because, um, on air they seem to get along just fine, there hasn't been any nastiness. Um, but, Hoda was talking to Page Six, and kind of told a story about a time when Kathy Lee, um, surprised her it goes back 10 years when the today show was first starting out uh, the the fourth hour of today with hoda and kathy lee was starting out um it was valentine's day and back in makeup and um wardrobe you know they were talking and hoda was told kathy lee hey you know i don't really particularly like this day because you know, it's when I met my first husband, and it's also the anniversary of when I got the divorce papers, yada, yada, yada. Which is okay, you know, fair. Valentine's Day is not great for everybody. So, they get on air, and Hoda is doing her perky, you know, happy Valentine's Day thing. And Kathy Lee just dropped a bomb and says, not for you. And it was so devilish and so delicious. And Hoda finally opened up a little bit about it and was like, you know, she completely blindsided me. I w- that was a really authentic moment um, between us. And, you know, from all accounts, it doesn't seem like Kathy Lee was trying to be nasty. But she wanted the, she wanted the on-air chemistry to be real. She wanted um, to do... The show with the real woman, not the fake 
um, manufactured woman. Clearly, that was a really good choice because for the longest time, um, the fourth hour today was improving ratings in the hour. Um, and, and really, people thought that they would try to expand to a fifth hour. Um, that didn't happen. Um, but it, 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 there was talk of it. And so my question, though, is after 10 years, why are you talking about this now? You know, I you, basically, you know, your time with Kathy Lee is almost up. Maybe that's why you're doing it. Um, maybe you're doing it because you want to let people know, hey, like this is a real friendship. Hey, this is whatever. But it doesn't come across as real to me. It comes across as very, like, almost like you're trying to get away from her. Like, you want to upset her. So she'll make it to where you don't have to work with her anymore. And I don't know that that's going to work very well. Um, you know, Kathy Lee has... She's been with the Today Show... The fourth hour today, um, since it first started. But if if history is is any indicator, I'm going to guess that she's not going to be there for very much longer. Um, without knowing exact dates of her start and stop date with um, Regis when they were both on live. I I really think she only made it to like 13 or 14 years. 15, I think, would be pushing it. Um, Again, I'm not 100% sure because I know um, Kelly Ripa was still on All My Children. And she did both for quite a few years before she transitioned over, but... You know, if you, if you really don't want to work with Kathy Lee anymore, just wait until she decides to leave. You know, you know that there's an expiration date, and eventually she's not going to sign a new contract. Um, or, you know, if you're trying to sell a memoir, sell it on the fact that you replaced Matt freaking Lauer. Uh, I will be right back. Hey guys, I'm back. Let's talk about Crazy Days and Nights and the National Enquirer for a second. Through the scope of Megyn Kelly, but we'll get to that in just a couple minutes. So, I had talked before about um, Real Fines um, and how there was a blind night on, on Crazy Days and Nights, which basically told the full story of his... Um, Happy in the end of Massage Parlor. Which then just so happened to appear in the next issue of the National Enquirer. Well, it's happened again. And I'm more convinced than ever that um, the Enquirer parent company, um, I think it's America Media. Let me just double check for you. Um, but the parent company, whatever 
the publishing whatever the publisher of um, of um the National Enquirer is I think it I think it is American Media something or another. Um anyway, I can't find it right now, but the the publisher of the National Enquirer I am almost positive owns or co owns Crazy Days and Nights now. Because it happened again. Um, just a few days ago, there was a blind item about an A-list anchor who was, um, quote-unquote, cast-couching, hoping for a much more visible spot um, on, the, on the team. Well, wouldn't you know that the National Enquirer has a story about um, Megan Kelly going after Lester Holt's job as the nighttime news anchor. First of all, I don't know why, um, I don't know why they would replace Lester Holt. Um, he has basically saved the NBC News organization after the whole Brian Williams scandal. Um, he, he was able to hold on to the key news demo wins, um, increased the total number of viewers watching, um, in the last few, in the last few weeks, yes, ABC News with David Muir has been more popular, um, in both the key demo and total viewers, but you don't replace an anchor just because you have a few bad weeks. You look at what you're putting out, who's breaking the stories first, and you try to get better sources. That's how a newsroom should work. Um, so I don't know. Since Megan Kelly was the target of Trump's disdain, it could be that the National Enquirer and the publisher are just trying to stir up some trouble. Um, but I, I also have to say that even though the National Enquirer publisher is very pro-Trump, they have broken some very big stories, um, and it would not surprise me in the least if it turned out that this was true. Maybe, uh, I don't know about the casting couch, but I could definitely see her wanting a bigger, uh, a bigger role because she thinks she's a big star. The rest of us see her for what she is, which is a minimal talent, has been who was only popular on Fox because she had people surrounding her who essentially agreed with everything she said. And she burned that bridge. There's no going back. Um, but to the bigger part of the story about whether or not um, the National Enquirer and Sedan are corporate siblings, I really want to look into this a little bit more. Um... You know, someone, when I presented this theory to one of my gossip friends, they said, well, you know, um, NT, the NT lawyer, who allegedly runs the site, has also taken stories from the Daily Mail. So I'm kind of curious, you know, maybe, maybe this is just something where he looks out, or he has the same sources as the National Enquirer. But the Daily Mail is from... England and the blind items appear after 
um, after the um, Daily Mail comes out, the stories with the National Enquirer are, are happening before. And it's almost like they're promoting them in a weird kind of way. Because it's always, you know, boom, and then he reveals it. And someone says, oh, you can see this in the Enquirer. No, that person is not me. But that's that's what I've noticed. That's why I'm thinking that they're, they're corporate siblings. You know, if they share sources, it would be one big coincidence, I think. And on that note, this that's going to wrap up the media gossip episode. Um, if you have any tips or if you have any comments that you'd like to share with me, email me, as always, at ed at author edanderson.com um, remember to check out my Patreon account uh, patreon.com slash author ed anderson and until we meet again um, I the drunk gossip page should be live um, it, for those of you who follow me from the generation gossip days it's the same page so um, you, you can search generation gossip or drunk gossip um, both should show up So, until the next time we talk, cheers.